0: welcome to the talk to your pharmacist podcast we're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care i'm your host hillary blackburn thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry in this episode you'll hear about the vision and strategies used for successfully leading a school of pharmacy through careful planning Dean David Allen has taken on numerous key initiatives to advance the University of Mississippi School of Pharmacy since assuming the position in 2012. You'll learn the importance of finding mentors and developing goals. Today we have a special guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Our guest is David Allen, the Dean at the University of Mississippi School of Pharmacy, which is my alma mater. Dean Allen took over the reins in 2012 and has done some tremendous things in the past few years. He received his bachelor's degree in pharmacy at the University of Kentucky and then worked in community pharmacy for several years before returning there to earn his doctorate in pharmaceutical sciences. David, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast.
1: Thank you very much, Hilly. It's great to be able to be with you and to talk with one of our alums who's doing such really neat things at the Dispensary of Hope, as well as your podcast. I'm excited to be with you.
0: Wonderful. Thank you. And we're delighted to have you here. And now that our listeners have heard a little bit about your background, maybe you can fill in any gaps from that intro and maybe share a little bit about your personal life.
1: Sure. I'd be glad to. Well, I was uh, very fortunate to... uh, graduate from the University of Kentucky as you mentioned with both my degrees and after I finished my PhD I did a postdoctoral fellowship at the National Institutes of Health in Bethesda, Maryland that was a great opportunity to advance my research uh, skills and then the program that I ended up uh, focusing on in my career when I was running a research lab. Um, I left the NIH and went to Texas Tech University where I was a founding faculty member there. I spent 10 years and Uh, running a research lab, being a faculty member, teaching. Uh, I rose up through the ranks and ultimately was an associate dean there. Uh, And just after leaving Texas Tech, I went to the Northeast Ohio Medical University, where I was the founding dean of the College of Pharmacy at uh, Northeast Ohio. A really great opportunity to build a program from scratch, and uh, was really tough to leave there because of all the things that we had done. Uh, When I first started there, it was just my assistant and myself, and we built that into a program of 53 faculty, 300 students, and about 35 staff. So it was a a wonderful experience to be able to to do that from scratch scratch with so many wonderful people, but the opportunity to come to Ole Miss was really a special one. It's uh, clearly a top-ranked program in so many respects, and so it was really a lot of fun for me to do that and then to to come to Ole Miss, uh, where a colleague of mine at Texas Tech had told me about the Ole Miss experience and talked about what a great place Ole Miss was, and I really didn't quite understand what she meant by the Ole Miss experience until after I got here, and uh, I really understand that now. In terms of my personal life, uh, my wife Lori is a, an educator who's done a number of things in her career. Uh, she taught third grade for a while and uh, was the experiential education director for the school pharmacy at Texas Tech as well as at Northeast Ohio when she decided to step away from all that as our, our two young sons at the time were getting older. Uh, she's now a realtor here in Oxford and uh, really enjoys that, so something very different. We have two sons. My oldest son, David III, is a a second-year graduate student here at Ole Miss in pharmacy administration. His bachelor's degree was in political science. And then my younger son uh, is uh, a senior here at Ole Miss uh, and uh, majoring in chemistry with a minor in math and German. Uh, They were both at the University of North Texas prior to coming here. My older son graduated from there, and my younger son decided to transfer to Ole Miss. So uh, that's a little bit about me and my family.
0: That's wonderful. And I definitely know what you mean about the Ole Miss experience. Uh, having having been there myself, it, it truly is amazing. And it sounds like your family has really taken on to Oxford. And that's wonderful. Um, and uh, to mention your experience at the NIH, I'm sure that fits nicely as you also serve as the executive director and research professor of the Research Institute of Pharmaceutical Sciences at Ole Miss. That's right, Hilary. It was a, a wonderful opportunity in NIH to
1: be able to focus on you know, strictly research as a postdoctoral fellow there. And one of the things that was really intriguing about OMIS coming here was to be able to go back to my roots in basic science and basic science research and the things that I did as a faculty member for so many years uh, and to oversee such a very strong research program. So the opportunity to be the executive director of the Research Institute here at OMIS was one that was a really big part of the equation of being able to come here. So you're right.
0: That's fascinating. And David, could you tell us a bit more about your role as dean of the School of Pharmacy and maybe a little bit more about kind of your journey into that position? Sure. Well, in terms of
1: administration, um, I really became interested in that uh, primarily when I was uh, serving on the board of directors for the Texas Society of Health System Pharmacists when I was in Texas, Um, and I ultimately uh, became president of TSHP, and that was an opportunity to really understand a lot about uh, leading and managing people uh, in a very different setting than the academic setting. So that's kind of what piqued my interest. So. The pathway to becoming an associate dean opened up to me at Texas Tech, and that's where uh, that interest uh, was really grown when I was at uh, Texas Tech in that role. And then, of course, the opportunity to become a founding dean and ultimately a de- as dean here uh, were the pathway that I, I followed up after that. My, my, my job as dean is really as the the chief academic and chief financial uh, officer, if you will, of the school, although I've got very key individuals who lead those areas. Uh, everything reports uh, to me. Um, I'm very blessed to work with amazing people here within the school pharmacy. Um, our team of administrators is just an extraordinary group of people, and Uh, I like to say that outside of my family, and my faith, that one of the most exciting things that I get to do in the morning is to think about coming to work with the amazing people that I get to work with, whether it's our our faculty, our staff, our students, or our very stellar administrative team. Uh, So uh, a lot of really great people here that I get to work with, Hillary.
0: That's wonderful. And, and I can share that experience as well, having been a student there, that the faculty were always so well educated and, and great educators um, and were always willing to spend time with students and, and to help them with their experience. So I think that's wonderful. And can you tell us a little bit about what maybe some initiatives uh, or what some of the things that you're focused on as dean?
1: Sure, I'd love to. When I first arrived in early 2012, we focused on uh, our research mission. When I interviewed Hillary, um, I was given a fact sheet that that had a, a research areas. Uh, there were 10 different things on that list that were our research, quote-unquote, focus. Um, we did a survey of all of our faculty and research scientists, and we actually found that from that survey, there was uh, about 26 research areas. That That's not a real focused uh, way to to look at research so we wanted to do what we called research visioning which was essentially research strategic planning uh, we developed a research uh, vision statement for the first time in the history of the school I was really excited about that um, and then we, we talked about uh, what are the main areas so if if I as Dean were to come to the the faculty and our research scientists uh, in our enterprise and say if I've got new resources such as you know financial resources or fiscal plant or personnel lines. Where would we put those? And the faculty and the research scientists decided that we would focus on four areas, uh, oncology, uh, neuroscience, uh, substance abuse as a single area, cardiometabolics, and then infectious diseases. So those became our four large buckets, if you will, of research. And we focused on developing in those areas. And so when we've had hires or uh, other things that have been available to us, we focused on that as well. Um, When I first got here, we we had to focus on our accreditation. The school had just finished a self-study prior to my coming here. Uh, We were very fortunate to receive a full eight years uh, in that first year that I was here. So our accreditation goes through 2020, and that's the full term that a school can receive. We've also focused a lot on our organization. Uh, we've got a very strong and a very large research enterprise. And so we looked at, you know, are we supporting all of the areas of the school, whether it's research, teaching, or service, uh, the best way that we can. And we brought in some outside consultants who are experts in organizational structure. And uh, they made some evaluations of the, our program and some, then some recommendations about what we should do. And then we took a look at that. Uh, as an administrative team and we come up with uh, a new way of sort of structuring our uh, administrative staff and then the follow-up to that was I appointed a committee to evaluate our overall departmental structure within the school pharmacy. Um, I believe when you were here, Hillary, there were six departments uh, within the school pharmacy, and the recommendations that came out of that uh, stakeholder committee, primarily faculty, research scientists, and staff, uh, was that we scale back to four departments, and, uh, and that's what we did. So we followed the advice of our faculty and research scientist driven committee, and we, we did a little bit of that. As well. Um, we've done two strategic plans since I've been here. A strategic plan in 2012, we just wrapped up. Uh, in fact, it was just voted upon this past week uh, by our faculty and approved for our latest five year strategic plan. So that's been a lot of fun as well. Over the last three years, um, beginning in the summer of 2014, we started working on a curriculum uh, renewal process. It's really a transformation is what we're calling it because we've started with essentially a blank page and we're rebuilding our curriculum from scratch. Um, it's not that we haven't had a great program with uh, great graduates, as you know, um, and uh, a very strong curriculum and uh, strong outcomes of that in terms of our graduates, where they've gone on and things we've heard about them. But we looked at changes in the CAPE outcomes or the Center for the Advancement of Pharmacy Education outcomes. We looked at change in the NAPLEX blueprints, so the NAPLEX, our national exam, as you're aware, uh, as well as changes in our um, standards and guidelines from ACPE. So because all those things are changing at once, as well as a lot of things going on in our profession, we decided we wanted to evaluate our curriculum. And so we're very close to uh, achieving that new curriculum. Uh, We're in the process. We've we've got the backbone. The structure is all there. It's laid out over the four years. We're working on individual classes now. And we'll start that approval process. And we're planning to roll the new curriculum out in the fall of 2018. So we're very, very excited about that. And then the one other area that I would mention to you just very quickly uh, is something that is incredibly impactful, and that's um, our clinical pharmacists and the, the activities that our students and our faculty are doing out in practice sites uh, out in the state. Uh, we're very committed to having a positive impact on the lives of Mississippians through what we can do as pharmacists and a student pharmacist, and so that's something that's very important to us. We've been recognized with a national award with the things that we've done done in that regard. So um, a lot of the things that were that are going on, Hillary related to teaching, research and service, but it's been an incredibly gratifying almost six years now and uh, uh, so a lot of fun for me to be able to be involved with all these things with these amazing people that I get to work.
0: That is all very impressive. And you've clearly been busy the past six years with all of those initiatives. And, and I appreciate that um, vision that you were able to bring in and and all of the strategic planning that you and your team were able to do, because that is a lot of of change and a lot of really important things that you've been working on. And so glad to see Ole Miss uh, moving forward and, and in good directions. So you've been an established researcher and have been designated as a fellow by APHA and ASHP organizations. And from all these successes, can you tell us about something that you may be most proud of and what helped to contribute to that? Uh, you know,
1: I, I've been fortunate in my career to have a lot of individual um recognitions, uh, some of which you you mentioned. But the the thing that gives me the most gratification, the things that I'm most proud of, is when someone that I work with, a student or a faculty member... um, goes out and they're successful, and in particular, when it's been a student that I've trained or a faculty member that I've, you know, provided a resource to that uh, has, you know, gone on and gotten a grant or gotten a a very uh, important paper published or something like that, and I've been able to provide a resource to them. Uh, along the way and, and the gratification of hearing back from those people that those are the things that I'm most proud of it's it that's far more important to me than individual accolades because as the dean of a school pharmacy it's not about me it's about all the other people in the enterprise that I get to work with so our faculty our staff our students our research scientists uh, and then and also our alums and, and looking to their success as well but when those people have their success um, uh, and they share that I've had a role in that success. That's what I'm most proud of. Uh, and in terms of, you know, what's contributed to it is just being able to be involved in their lives and their careers. Uh, that's so important to me. And I would really put that out there much more, much higher than any individual accolade that I have received.
0: And, and that's so wonderful that you are serving as dean because you're able to touch so many uh, young pharmacists and uh, future pharmacists out there. So that's amazing that that's um, something that you really uh, care about. Um, can you share maybe a lesson learned that you've experienced from your career? I think one of the
1: most important lessons that I've learned in my career is and I share this with students and with faculty alike, any opportunity that I get to talk about uh, lessons learned or when someone asks me for advice, it, I really focus on mentors and mentoring. Um, it's been a very big part of uh, my success and my learning and my growth and my development uh, as an academic, as a pharmacist, as a researcher, as a teacher. Uh, to be able to look to mentors and to understand their advice to me, uh, listen intently to the things that they share. Um, I've been very fortunate to have multiple mentors in in multiple areas, and and it's been the things that they have taught me that have really helped me in my career. So uh, I really share that lesson with others that uh, finding mentors in the various areas that you're responsible for is really important. So for me, finding uh, effective mentors uh, early as possible uh, and even if you haven't, uh, if you're not early in your career, I think you can always find mentors. I still have mentors that I reach out to today. And so that's been an extremely important lesson for me, Hillary.
0: That's such great advice. And David, with all the changes going on in healthcare, how do you stay current on what's going on? It's, it's
1: difficult to do so when you've got so much on your plate, but the way that I do it is by contributing to and being involved in professional associations. So you mentioned ASHP and APHA, those organizations, ACCP has been a big part of my career as well. AACP certainly is the, the organization that I've really found uh, a tremendous amount of growth and development. Uh, I'm, I'm moving into a leadership role with AACP uh, right now as we speak, and so I'm, I'm very humbled by that opportunity. But those associations, my interactions with the people in them, the programs that they offer, the networking that's available, um, I really encourage our, our younger pharmacists and, and pharmacists of, of any age that if they're not involved in professional associations, it's a wonderful way to be able to stay on top of what's going on in healthcare, learning new cutting edge things and being able to apply those in what you do every day.
0: Absolutely. I think that uh, involvement and in being engaged in those professional organizations like you have been and, and seeking out uh, opportunities to help share your talents and gifts with the, the associations is really important. So, what excites you most about the future of pharmacy?
1: Oh, That's a great question, Hillary. I think that what we can do as pharmacists, the, the impact that we can have on individual patients is just phenomenal. That The literature is replete, fortunately, that pharmacists can play such a positive role and have such an amazingly positive impact on the lives of people that we interact with. Um, and I'd like to tell the students that while I probably will never individually help a, uh, a patient myself again as a pharmacist because I've not actively practiced uh, for quite some time, the fact that I know that I'm working with them to get out in their careers to have that impact and knowing what we can do as a profession and what we can bring to the healthcare team uh, when it comes to interprofessional teamwork uh, and interprofessional health care, I'm just really excited about what pharmacists can do and what we bring to the table. So I really am jazzed about that, and I think it's a, a wonderful opportunity for what we as a profession can bring to healthcare overall, and in particular to those individual lives that I referred to.
0: Absolutely. I think there's a lot of opportunity for pharmacy and the changing healthcare landscape out there, so I'm excited as well. And as a final question, David, I know you've had interest in predictors of success in pharmacy education. Do you have any other advice that you might be able to share with those who are just getting started in your career that you might have told your younger self?
1: Yeah, and I, it's, it's a, that's a great question. And something that I think is is very important that I probably would have looked at learn early in my career is something I learned from one of my mentors and that mentor taught me and and by asking me over and over david what is your 5 year plan Um, And, you know, that conversation, uh, we kept coming back to it, and it really helped me to focus on where I was going, what were my goals, and and while some of those things may have changed over time, I really would like to have started thinking about, you know, my five-year plan at a much earlier stage in my career because I was well into my time at Texas Tech. Uh, before I started thinking about what is my five-year plan? Where am I going with that? Uh, and you know what what's important to me in terms of my goals and where I want to be in my career? I think if I'd started doing that a little earlier in my career, it would have helped me to have a little bit better direction or more thought about where I was going. I was obviously fortunate to to do the things that I was able to do early in my career. But I, I did so maybe a little more haphazardly. You know, I joined a pharmacy organization to stay close to the profession early on at Texas Tech. But I really didn't think about the things I could learn from an association. Fortunately, I did. And then, you know, I talked about a few minutes ago why associations are so important to me now. But if I'd been thinking more along those five-year plans at every point along my, my career, it may have been helpful to me earlier on.
0: I think that is is great advice, and it kind of reminds me of a book that i found very helpful. The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People has been really helpful to me as I've kind of progressed in my career, and and I think that it helps teach you about setting goals and what your mission statement is and and other things like that. So I think that's wonderful advice to be able to uh, look at those five-year goals and shoot for that so that you have a plan. And it's been so wonderful to to talk with you today and for you to be able to share a little bit about your story, uh, your leadership story, exciting things that are going on at Ole Miss. And uh, so happy to have you as a guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast.
1: It's been my pleasure, Hillary. I appreciate the opportunity to be able to be with you.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating, and reviewing it. Share it with friends. And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group. For updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned next week to hear from Rick Sane, the former owner of Reeve Sane, the enterprise independent pharmacy, and check out our website that we now have available at www.pharmacyadvisory.com.